When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about the 2021 Kenneth Branagh, written and directed at Belfast. 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 Belfast? Belfast. Yeah, like breakfast. Just Belfast. Choose your own pronunciation. Uh, this is a film that's semi-autobiographical about uh, Kenneth Branagh's life growing up in Belfast in the late 60s in the uh in in the start and the in the middle and the uh i don't know this thing's been this thing's been going on for a couple hundred years i hear uh the troubles in northern ireland and it stars a lot of big important british people and also i was shocked and dismayed that jamie dornan he of 50 shades and barb and star go to vista del mar uh is it turns out a pretty great actor and maybe feel a lot of things <laughs> Um, hmm. I, I really enjoyed watching this film. I had no idea. I had no idea what it was about or really what I was in for other than it was Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found it, uh, pretty affecting. I, I was like not prepared to handle the jelly of this movie. Um, when I woke up this morning, um, what did you think about Belfast, Jim? Uh, I thought it was good. I think it's, um, it was, yeah, a touching story of family and community uh, set to the backdrop of the Troubles, like you said, which uh, is, is like, it, it, they're just kind of starting um, mm-hmm. the, what, what people describe as the Troubles uh, in Northern Ireland there in this movie. But uh, it focuses mostly on family. Um, and that was the part that I liked about it most when it when it sort of went off into some of its more troubly topics i was like well this i feel like this movie is maybe a little too pollyanna about things it's maybe a little too nostalgic um because mm-hmm. this is you know told from the point of view of a child mm-hmm. uh and that child doesn't really understand what's going on they just kind of know that they don't want to leave um and it, it it i like the screenplay but i don't think it's as good as winning an Oscar type screenplay. I think it's a little too like it, it undermines itself in places, I think. Um, and maybe you could say, you know, that from a certain point of view, this is the strength of it. But like every time I felt tension building, they sort of released that tension prematurely by showing me a scene of the family sort of just having a normal day out, not 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 troubling themselves with the troubles, uh, just kind of going out and being a family. And I, I found that to be self-defeating. I, I wanted huh. I wanted to feel that tension a little bit more because we know what's coming. You know, we know that this yeah. is going to be a, a long thing that continues and there is no easy way out of it. But that's, I guess, the other part of this movie that I really liked um, is what it's saying about the, the choices that people are making in this situation mm-hmm. uh, and, and the blame that it's absolutely trying not to place on people mm-hmm. for... And not the role in it, but the the way they react to it. 
uh, and I, I found that pretty compelling. Yeah, there's that uh, this thing is dedicated at the end to the people who stayed. And I was kind of surprised because I'm like, wow, this is from the perspective of people who left. And then it right. said it, it beat it for a long time. And then it's like and, and for the people who left mm-hmm. and then another long beat and for all the ones lost along the way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's everybody. <laughs> that's so everybody like, you I, want to care about in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I felt like that because because, yeah, I. Um, it, like I said, I found the first statement shocking because like the movie had been mm-hmm. so uh, even handed about how tough a decision that is. And like, you know, sometimes your moral priorities get in conflicted with your personal priorities and then your family priorities. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you balance all that stuff out? You know, something. Yeah. Um, that I thought was interesting. And it's also, I, I guess um, I thought it was cool to show. You know, in America, a lot of times our strife is filtered through, you know, uh, racial uh, lines. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how we kind of see people being divided. And I think it's interesting to see uh, people divided, like on more sectarian lines. Like these are all just Mm -hmm. white people that have roughly the same standard of living, roughly the same dress and culture. They all sound the same. Mm -hmm. They all look the same. They have there's this one scene where the kids are debating how you can tell an Irish or how can you tell a Catholic from a Protestant? Yeah. You know, he's, it's got it's something you got to be taught. Right. Um, and I think it's like sometimes you strip away all the obvious ways to kind of like, you know, off ramp your empathy. Um, I, I thought that was affected that like you did this, the, the same systems uh, and the, the same kind of people like it. It's it's the same kind of story. You know, mm-hmm. it, and, and like the the things that people would fight will choose to fight over. And, and that's the thing. It's like I get that it's complicated. Like it seems super fucking crazy to fight about, you know, which which branch of the same religion that you want to practice. Right. <laughs> it seems insane, but it's also really crazy sure. to get bent out of shape about how dark one skin is or if someone worships a different yeah. God or if someone has slightly more sight less than you, like there's, you know, I, I, I don't know fucking where the bottom is, but this film is about, that's the other thing as I've been thinking about of like, um, you know, cause I think this movie, we actually watched, what was it is Amsterdam, uh, last night out of, it'll probably be a couple weeks before, or this movie, this podcast will probably come out a couple weeks from our mm-hmm. Belfast one. But it's kind of like these meditations on like, you know, when should you stand and fight? When should you cut and run? When should you, you know, abandon like principles of pacif- pacifism and do civil disobedience versus when should you break your neighborhood up and get ready for war? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when should you fight? Uh, are you weak if you don't? Um, I think this movie does a really good job of examining all that. And also at the remove, like you, you mentioned the fact that um, you thought this film was less effective because it interspaced with the family just kind of dicking around or having a conversation with his grandpa about what it means that he's fallen in love with this girl in, I don't know, what, third, fourth grade? Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was a statement of, like, no matter how bad things get, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, people are still going to fall in love. People are still going to tell hilarious jokes. Um, people mm-hmm. are going to find the joys where they can find it unless we literally exterminate the last human off the earth and then... It's not our problem anymore. Good luck to the next set of carbon that assembles itself into a way to think. I hope you, you can do better. You know, it's like it, I kind of mm-hmm. got this kind of like, you know, like shit, even if 
Even things are really fucking, even things get really fucking bad and really fucking shitty. Uh, I'll either die and which it's not my problem anymore, or there'll be something to laugh at, someone to, to love, uh, someone to embrace. Um, and mm-hmm. I found I find that kind of like comforting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, it, it's it's just not. I guess. Um, I, I don't know. It. It. I, I see what you're saying there, and I definitely felt that too. But for me, it just like was. It was about the tension. Like, when is this family going to? decide enough is enough um and every time i saw one of those scenes i was just like it, it took a step back for me but the other thing i think it works even if um you know outside of the commentary on you know society strife and being split um and that coming to blows and violence it's also a coming of age film which is necessarily a loss uh-huh. of innocence and i think it was a very effective one at that that you've got this kid who literally is like got these King Arthurian ideals of right and wrong and justice. Mm-hmm. And he's running around the sword and the shield. And then his world is destroyed by violence. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, like tries to maintain his innocence. Like his, his mom, there's this ludicrous scene of his mom escorting him through a violent riot because yeah. he's looted a box of laundry soap and her children, like, you know, she's going to like, you can't, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What's right. Right. Um, you know, cause she's thinking that her son is this thing and in the middle, like she's trying to hold on to these, like these principles of purity and, and, and whatnot in this, in this crazy world. Um, and I, I think it's like, just like, it's effective in the same way that like stand by me is effective. You know, you got these kids okay. who think they yeah. know what life is until they find out, you know, they see a dead body and they talk to uh-huh. their buddies and find out how shitty their lives are and all this and that and the other, like it. I felt like it worked out like him and his brother like that, that that one scene where his brother realizes that he's been a dupe that he's been helping terrorists make you know what Molotov cocktails and distributing it and sure something how, how his dad handled that and and I just I just thought his dad his, their dad is like there's a little bit of secondhand lions here where you see from the perspective of a young boy what an absolute fucking legend his father is oh sure yeah the the pitching scenes uh that's pretty legendary <laughs> i kept on wondering Even the first one was <laughs> yeah i kept on wondering it's like that's that's such a weird that william tell moment like yeah what's a weird thing but then it pays off kind of gloriously in the end um mm-hmm. but uh do, do your, you you mentioned something about the movie being pollyanna i did feel that a little bit in that like maybe it's because his real life is this way or maybe it's because it's how we wished it was but like no sure. one pays a price for doing the right thing in this film Right. There's always the implied retribution is going to come, but they did. They dip out by leaving the country. Yeah, I guess that's really the thing that bothered me is they never had they never dealt with that. And it felt like the movie happens over a fairly long stretch. I want to say. Almost a year, maybe. Um, Yeah, I felt like it goes from the spring to just shy of the holidays like they had. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's that they were intimidating a lot of people and they had a lot of rounds to make to try and uh, get those people's answers. But that guy just never seemed to really come back. The the uh, the gangster guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, he never really seemed to come back uh, for months at a time. They were talking like, oh, we'll wait till Christmas to make this decision. And the guy just like. If he saw him in the streets, he saw him in the streets and would say, hey, you still thinking about that thing? Mm-hmm. but th- 
Yeah, there was always an, an implied threat there, but never they never made good on any of it. There was never a brick through the window. There was never like, you know, uh, cutting the, the tires on the bus he was in so he couldn't get to work. Nothing. There was like no tension there. Well. I kind of feel like I need to watch it again, but I thought that they established that their dad spent weeks at a time in London doing, yeah, totally. you know, whatever he was doing. And that that gave a built in excuse and the fact that this mm-hmm. guy is kind of a legend. Like, I, I got the idea that, like, you know, out of the men on the block, this is probably not one that you would want to fuck with and also would be a super powerful mm-hmm. ally if you could win him to your side. So it's like they're being extra deferential because, number one, they're kind of afraid of him and mm-hmm. what would happen because that's the other thing is like this is a popular uprising. But. To the extent that they blow shit up and, and fuck up people and hurt people, um, they lose that support, right? You would so think like so, I, yeah. I and, and in the beginning phases here, it's like I think it's like, you know, they're not gonna move on someone super popular like Pa. Gotcha. Who's also kind of a badass. Um Yeah, they just get the old know. guy down the street who's willing to but sit I, with the I felt like there was there was that thing because he kept on saying to like his wife, is like, we have to make a decision. I don't know, you know, it's like I I, I know you don't want to leave and why it's particularly painful to consider that. But like we are running out of time. Like I can only delay this decision and and keep these guys off uh, before they come for blood. They start breaking arms and stuff. It's like I feel like it was there. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely there. Like there 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 is a threat there. It's just not as obvious as all that. But what do you think I, I, about I don't know. I like the I, I like the movie generally a lot. I just have a couple of small problems with it. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, back with more Bald Moves. What did you think about the black and white decision? Um, It worked when you see the scenes that aren't black and white. When you see like the movies and the modern day Belfast uh, portrayed in color, you kind of get the point of like, hey, this was uh, this was a dark time for in, in the life of this child, even if maybe the child didn't know it necessarily at the time. Um, but yeah, we're we're now kind kind of beyond that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and and the thing about the movies, like if you're talking about Kenneth Braga Branagh as a filmmaker you can see that he was inspired during those dark times by these stories that he was seeing in the movies right and so this kind of took him out of the situation he was in and brought him to a different place which was vivid and bright yeah because that's funny because i i the one one thing i knew about this is that it was in black and white so Mm -hmm. i was kind of shocked to see the beginning scenes in color and i was like how is this going to work and it's not just color like they were vivid Mm-hmm. Um, ultra high definition digital drone shots. Yeah. Um, they gave it this kind of like slick produced aesthetic uh, with the Van Morrison music over it. And I'm like, huh, I thought this thing was in black and white. And that was like the the way to tell kind of transport you back in time. It's like a man thinking about his his past 
I thought it was pretty effective and I, I don't mind stuff in black and white. I thought, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know how I felt about the play and the movies being in color because I felt like he was doing something about like art and escapism and how important that is because that's the other thing is yeah, like totally. this kid is depicted as this sponge that's this, that's this by osmosis learning these ideals about um, from this film's perspective like masculinity and it's ideal masculinity a guy who stands against evil who stands against injustice who doesn't back down who uses a strength to fight for the little guy um, mm-hmm. like they make that time and time and time again John Wayne uh, who shot uh, uh, what was it Bagger Liberty Vance. Balance yeah, <laughs> ba- who, yeah shot who shot Bagger, Bagger Vance, Vance. Uh, why are you gonna yeah. shoot a caddy what the hell yeah, why yeah, would Will Smith do man come on come on <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Rock had it coming I there they, they they show all these things where it's like this guy is like standing alone against yeah and, and yet his old man who is this legendary figure cuts and runs I thought that was really well, interesting. Yeah, after of- having his his John Wayne cowboy moment, right? I mean that standoff with yeah, his yeah, family yeah. and the clutches of the bad guy. Yeah, he has his moment, but then you're right, he does run. Right. Um I I thought that was really interesting that um a lot of times what we say and like when so like when do you throw that switch? Like when do you activate and it's like all the different competing interests in a person's life. You've got like mm-hmm. What society expects of you, what you expect of yourself. That scene where Siren Hines uh, tells the young boy about, you know, uh, he's worried that he'll lose his identity if he moves. He's like, well, you're buddy and you live on this block and you live with your ma, your pa and your brother and your gram, your pop and your grandma. I mean, we all look after you. The whole neighborhood looks after you and we all love you. And and we we take we take care of you. And that's always going to be true no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's like that that's that's your base that's your foundation and like if you as long as you reflect on that like how many people loved you and got you thus far that you'll you know you can never really be unhappy or sad i don't know about the psychology behind that seems sure. pretty suspect but I, I thought the grandpa's heart was in the right place uh to give that speech oh, to that yeah. nine-year-old boy i thought that was pretty affecting no i love pop in this movie siren hines is is great uh it, it, probably the fa- my favorite part of this movie is he and judy dench's performances their scenes um she's you know the old cantankerous but still like you can tell she they're she's putting on a front right like she doesn't appreciate the romantic sides of uh pop but of course she does she like you can see in that scene where they dance together she loves it she loves him she loves the the way he is uh but you know in front of people she's like oh like whatever whatever he's he's ridiculous um and he does the same thing too right like oh i in 50 years together i haven't heard i haven't understood a word your grandma said uh-huh. uh and, and yeah that whole relationship but, but is it's great. funny because that's what he says to all his boy but like when he says to her in a tender moment she asks like are you hearing me and he's like when have i not you know right like right. you know they're, it's they all this- yeah there's this like easy it's it's flirtatious and romantic but also like in an antagonistic way, which is yeah, fun no. in my it's, mind. It's cute. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, you, you mentioned the word romantic and, you know, we mm-hmm. often use that in the quote unquote Anna Green Gables sense um, sure. of the word. Uh, but this is like romantic in like the masculine sense, like uh, Le Mort de Arthur, the uh, mm-hmm. Arthurian legends, you know, sure. chivalry and that kind of bullshit. 
Uh, I think that uh, they even have this scene, like some of the transitions where they show all these different pop culture ideals of masculinity. And one of the early ones, because this kid's clearly got his fixation with knights, is they showed a stained glass window that has a piece of the poem, the the epic poem that's part of the Arthurian legend. It's Arthur hmm. at the end of his life lamenting all of the knights at the round table being dead and gone. And he's about to go into the sleep. And Merlin says maybe he'll come back to lead Britain again at some point. But he doesn't know. All he knows is like, my God, this is something glorious and it's over. Mm-hmm. And it's, tra- it's it's tragic. And like, I felt like I really felt that about that neighborhood, you know, yeah, that you yeah. see this neighborhood and they're so closely knit. Like literally everyone knows everybody else, but in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a tight knit enough community that when the community is attacked in a cruel kind of barbarous way, they literally form walls around themselves rather than mm-hmm. be divided. Uh, and they stand united, even though the Protestants could be like, you know, you guys, uh, I don't hate you or nothing, but like, I'm tired of getting my house firebombed and shit. Um, <laughs> sure. But it's the manifestly the end of an era. Um, uh-huh. And something like, man, I, I keep on longing for that. Like uh, <laughs> our our sense uh, of neighbor, uh, Jesus, our sense of neighborhood is not that strong. I don't know if it would be if it came under like, like brutal attack like that. But um, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, but. I had a neighborhood like literally a, a, a block or two in like this kind of rural community that was like that. But now it's like, man, not many people do where you have these like really well connected uh, neighborhoods. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Internet has partially destroyed that. It's done done the I most finished to the destroy job. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, religion is a powerful uh, uh, uniter, I guess. But that would divide. Um, that would have. That's the thing is that would have divided. Should have divided this neighborhood, but it didn't. They refused to let it. Yeah, yeah, and I like what the dad says about that. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what people believe. They can they can believe in one god. They can believe in another. They can believe in the same god, but in different ways. Um, but look at what they do. Look look at how they act. If they're good people, if they're on, if they're honorable, if they're kind, those are the kind of people who are deserving of friendship. It's interesting because like you remember we a couple weeks ago, someone wrote into our rings of power. He was an Irishman and he was talking about how um, people weren't taking serious the the use of working class Irish accents to kind of depict backwards. Mm -hmm. Not even bad people, just like, you know, uh, ignorant folk. Right. Salted ear types. Um, So we we talked about that and he wrote me a nice letter back. And, um, you know, I mentioned that like a lot of times these Irish things in America are used as a way to kind of like as a cudgel to like get black people or Hispanic people to talk uh, or anybody really to stop talking about, you know, their their lot in life. And he shared with me, he's like, it's interesting you mentioned that because a lot of the like radical Irish liberation movements um would like to come to america and like you know recruit and get money because like hey you guys are i you know like go to boston you get a million dollars to go back and you know fight against british oppression right Mm -hmm. but they would come over and a lot of them would be like fucking horrified at like how racist and oppressive their irish brothers in america were particularly in boston against the civil rights because that these were happening simultaneously civil rights struggle in america totally the troubles in ireland and like it was a huge it was a huge it was a huge fucking turnoff that like the Irish people, the the you know, the the some of these uh, Irish patriots. And I, I don't I I am not educated enough to know who is the bad guys and who is the good guys and how far this stuff <laughs> no. goes back. 
I'm just saying that like a lot of people, a lot of the uh, uh, Irish Americans are horrified that uh, these people would take like uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and see as inspirational figures for their struggle because they're fighting the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. And the fact that his dad had this, you know, like his kids like, oh, God, I just found out my girlfriend's a Catholic and I'm a Protestant. Does that mean we can't, you know, like, dad, could she come over for dinner? And he's like, son, is she kind? You know, mm-hmm. is can you have conversations with her? Can you trust her? Do you like if 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 she's that person, then she'll always be welcome in our home. Yeah, and she is, uh, as it should be. Yeah, the Fifty Shades of Grey guy got me teared up a couple occasions. <laughs> um, he's gonna, he's, he, I guess he's joining the Robert Pattinson Memorial. Yeah, you are yeah. in absolute the shittiest thing you could ever be thought of, but you're gonna somehow claw your way back to serious actor territory from that. Well done. It, it all starts with black and white movies, man. You go, you go do a black and white movie, and suddenly I respect you more. Apparently, you got to do the lighthouse treatment. Yeah, and this time mm-hmm. you're locked in a searing, crazy old Siren Hines instead of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Siren's no, so good. I, I like some of his words of wisdom too, uh, dude. He, you know, I've I've seen him in gruff old dude roles, like most notably yep. bald move people probably know him as Mance Raider, the King Beyond the Wall, right? Totally. Um, but you were saying about how how fucking awesome he is in this film. Oh, yeah, he's he's got all these sayings, right? And a lot of them are meant as like. I feel like a lot of them are things you say to explain away the absurdities of life or just like get through the day. Right. Um, But but some of them when he's talking to Buddy are are legit. Like I, I like that scene in the hospital a lot. Where he he first goes to the hospital, he's sitting in what is I have to say a, just an incredible robe. I mean, I I don't know if it's wool or what, but damn, that's a good robe. Um, and Buddy's across the table, and he's just talking to him about what he wants uh, with this family move, and and I think he surprises Pa by saying that he wants them to come with him, and and then they give a hug, and it's it's very emotional. It's a very good scene. Uh, but there's a lot of words of wisdom he has in there, just you know, questioning the kid on on what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the the wherever you go, whatever you become, this this part of you that you came from people who loved you and protected you and watched over you. That's always going to be true. Um, it's a yeah. great scene. Hit great dispensing scene. like wi- words of wisdom as of like how to win over girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was great against him and Grand, kind of like doing the, the kind of flirty stuff and how like the yeah this little boy also get up and dance. I that's uh, so good. Yeah, I remember those are some of my like uh, like hear my grandpa serenade my grandma. You know, mm-hmm. he get his guitar out every once in a while and sing her songs and stuff. Uh, and this kid's expression on his face probably the same as mine. Like just you know just kind of gross when your your mom and dad are lovey dovey, <laughs> but like grandparents somehow wraps back around to being sweet. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy's Jude Hill is nine year old kid. I kept on thinking like there's a couple scenes where Branagh just locks the camera on this kid's face. Like there's one I was thinking in particular is when the police are interrogating him about the Turkish delight. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he's like looking he's you know, this this cop's like, all right, son, I brought you in and I want you to tell me the truth. I'm a police officer. And this kid's face is like going through all these things. I'm like, man, how many feet of film that that Kenneth spool through to get these like five seconds of this kid perfectly poised between shitting his pants, swallowing with fish flop, but also standing tall. Cause you get the idea that he, he's not a snitch. He gave them nothing. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, get this kid just like just yeah, Kenneth Branagh must be a hell of a kids director because he got perfect performances out of the, him. I think this. What do you think? What do you think of the the slight older cousin that was always getting him into trouble? She's like fourteen, fifteen. Oh yeah, she was good. I like her. All um, these all these kids, the older brother, um, that talk that he had uh-huh. with his dad, you know, about his complicity and all that, and and it's all them woodworking. Uh, I thought, yeah, just really solid performances um by the kids against really solid performances because we talk about Siren Hines uh the his grand the one he's flirting with is none other than Dame Judy Dench mm-hmm. uh star of Cats James Bond Chocolat Philomena star of the stage all that she's you know this this is serious big time and, and Dame Furry don't let us forget that <laughs> right right this serious actors uh, and the topic. um the mom Though the one that's opposite of this legendary father figure is Katrina Balfe, who is mostly famous for Outlander, the time twisty oh, Scottish high romance uh, deal. I don't know that I've seen her in much else, but uh, I really like her in that. And I thought she's just fantastic in this film as like the center, you know? Oh, yeah. She's the standout performance in this for me. I, I don't know how she didn't get nominated for an Oscar because both Siren Hines and Judy Dench did maybe the supporting category was easier that year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I thought, yeah, well, what's her name? Shit. Uh, Katrina Balf. Yeah. Katriona Balf. But it's literally pronounced Katrina Balf. Yeah, it's like very Katrina Irish Balf? Up, but Ooh, this is okay. how she introduces herself. I, I looked it up because I'm like, holy hell. Gotcha. There's a lot Kat- of Katrina diacritic Balf. marks on that name. <laughs> yeah. No, she was amazing. Um, the The progression of her realizing, you know, the situation they were in, trying to keep the family here because it's the home. It's it's their home, right? I mean, in in every way that that word applies, it's their home. Uh, yeah, they've they've all lived here their entire lives. Uh, everyone on the street, like like Pop going says, back generation. That's that's the other thing. It's like yeah. not just like yeah, like this is your identity. Uh huh. Yeah, um, I think a lot of times when people say they're home in in this country, or at least the people I'm familiar with, they're they're not talking about a place. They're talking about a building. Um, yeah. They're talking about mm. the the place where they currently live. In yeah. this context, home is very much the community that they're in, mm. and I felt it's like she did a great job portraying somebody who was realizing that they were going to have to leave that in order to it's keep their not family a, safe. It's, it's not, not a choice at some point. It's something you're going to have right. to do. And, and the fact that it's, it's, it is, it's irreplaceable. Uh-huh. You can build another relationship with that, with another community, but it'll never be the same. Not the one mm-hmm. that you were born into three generations where like, you know, everybody knows everybody. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's irreplaceable. You can't ever. And, and the, the lines that she has about how when they go to another place, they'll be looked at very differently, right? They, they will talk funny. Um, they'll fear be hated the for refugee, multiple reasons the fear of the by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, yeah, that was all super affecting. And she does an amazing job throughout this entire movie. Yeah, that's what I thought this movie gives is that pers- that that interesting perspective, you know, of like mm-hmm. um, and, and again, it's uh, 
um maybe it's more related but you know i I wonder if people find it more relatable because it is essentially you know white working class english-speaking people articulating like oh my god what if we are forced to leave our country (laughs) because of conflict Uh and the people the natives there don't accept us because they think we're just there for their jobs or there for their homes or we're there to uproot this or that and we're not going to fit in and like you know, I think that a lot of times we think of immig- uh, you know, refugees even as people like, oh boy, oh boy, I get to go, I get to upgrade fucking countries and or whatnot, and like, oh, I'm like, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna say, it's like, it's that's such a stupid way to look at it. Like, I can't imagine people who are fleeing these kind of things. Like, <laughs> it's 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 not that kind of thought process at all. This actually right. movie reminded me a lot of like a long. I've, are you familiar with the YouTube video? I think it's called If London Were Syria. No, uh, this is something I think it came out in towards the beginning of the Syrian conflict where, uh, you know, because like worldwide, this shit just wasn't getting traction, like what was happening in that country. And essentially, they took a, a girl uh, who's like seven or eight years old in London and it's her first birthday. And it's like one of those like uh, every second is a day in her life. And it just goes goes through like, you know, she's just doing normal. She starts out with the birthday, make a wish. You're doing normal little girl stuff, going to school, going to a park. In the background, you catch like snippets of, you know, rebel forces I've entered. And then, you know, your mom's reading at the, you know, at the breakfast table. There's something about the war and you're still doing little kid stuff. But now, like, you notice the parents are a little bit more less patient. They don't pay attention to her as much. Mm-hmm. And then like jets are going over. I'm going to get choked up if I keep describing it. It goes through a year of this little girl's life. And at the end, she's like, um, she's so bright and her eyes are shiny and she's happy. Mm-hmm. And after a year, she that's that's gone. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I felt like th- th- that was this, th- you went through a much more kind of like a richer and slower paced version of watching that with this little kid from where he is at at the beginning of the movie to where he's at, at the end. Um, and that's the thing that I uh, that really got me at the end is like how this stupid shit has destroyed something beautiful and unique. And it's like King Arthur. It's Mm -hmm. never, you know, even if I, even if I come back in another age and awaken to some kind of paradise, Britain, it's not going to be as it was when we were all back in Camelot, you know? Yeah. Uh, And that's, uh, that's sad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The other thing that this movie does is it, it puts into a real, um, it puts into focus, one of the competing, I guess, interests of for the competing outcomes of people who want to control other people like this. Right. Um, yeah. So there's there's a scene where, like, I think it's Judy Dench is talking about is talking to Ma about whether she's going to go or stay. She says, well, you know, if you go. Eventually, the eventually, if we all go the people who want to control us will have no one to control to that effect. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a self defeating sort of thing. If everybody just Mm -hmm. says, yeah, we're not going to put up with this Mm -hmm. because who, Oh, she says something about like, who's going to prepare their tea and who's going to wipe their asses and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it just shows the absurdity of like, what is the end goal here? Cause you're either going to kill or drive away everyone who you want to control and you want to, uh, it, you know, see things the way you see them, and you're going to be left with nothing except yourselves, and you're all rotten. So, yeah, that's this real self defeating thing. Is like call it what you want, call it authoritarianism, fascism, whatever. This idea that like look at all the problems of society, it's those people's fault. 
eventually <laughs> yeah. you will deal with those people one way or another and the problems will still be there and then what mm-hmm. oh well then you shrink another yeah you shrink your group a, it's another group of people that these people are always kind of wobbly and maybe they're sympathetic to those other people now they're the people and mm-hmm. like you just will r- rinse and repeat until you've killed everyone or the world you know rises up in horror and de- overthrows you um yeah and uh it's so funny because like you know amsterdam seemed like the like was one of the like if you see something say something just call shit out i thought that's like mm-hmm. this is a repudiation of like that kind of pollyanna because in the beginning of the movie everyone in the whole neighborhood was like when that guy came up and was like you know beating this guy because he wouldn't join their protestant gang the whole neighborhood condemned them and called them out and what happened mm-hmm. dick all didn't stop right? it yeah yeah it didn't stop it um and even even the man, you know, the the man's uh, uh, John Wayne stand knocking the brick out of that guy's hand and, and mm-hmm. beating, you know, violence with like restrained violence that didn't stop it either. Um, right. Sometimes you're just powerless before it and you just got to take solace in the fact that even if things go total of shit and you lose the thing that's most important to you, there will still be other things that are important. There'll be other things to love and other things to cherish. Sure. Other things, to, other jokes to find hilarious, because I also just I fucking love some of the dad jokes. <laughs> uh and just the uh-huh. you know just the little the wit the wit and the wit out of the neighborhood some of those things are pretty 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 funny uh yeah what'd you think of the soundtrack the van morrison heavy soundtrack yeah van morrison is credited as the musician that uh that scored the film uh it's it was okay it's okay i thought it i don't know if it matched and I don't know if it complimented, but it didn't take anything away. Okay. I found it evocative of the time, I guess. Um, and I, obviously I didn't grow up in Ireland or Northern Ireland or whatever. So I don't know if Van Morrison is particularly popular over there. I assume he is given what Kenneth Branagh did with this movie. But mm. I, I, yeah, I found it like that. And seeing Star Trek on the TV and stuff really grounded mm-hmm. me in like a time and uh, some of the the lyrics of the songs were matching up with how I was feeling about a situation at a time, uh, the given time. So I, I really liked it. Apparently he wrote a song for this movie uh, and hadn't written anything in a while. I will imagine Van, uh, uh, Van Morrison's pretty fucking popular. Notice that he's born in Belfast and his ah. aliases are uh, the Belfast Cowboy, the Belfast Lion. <laughs> OK, I bet I bet they love him over there. Turns I bet out. they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He seems seems uh, pretty popular. Uh, what'd you make of the the two paths in this movie? Because there's a there's a scene that I really liked where the dad describes Catholicism as a religion of fear. And then you cut immediately to a Protestant sermon where the preacher is telling the children, shouting at the children, shouting at the children about going to hell. If they follow one road versus another. Um, And then immediately asking for a tithe, which I thought was hilarious. He's just like money. And now Uh, the part about the money. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like this movie has a, a perspective on religion and it's not, it's not very positive, uh, but it's definitely like painting both. Si- I don't even want to say both sides of this conflict because it's not really a religious conflict as far as I can tell. It's more like those were the labels they used to describe the factions of this dispute. 
Um, but the movie definitely wants to say, hey, these two flavors of Christianity are essentially identical. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. And, and that's all to get to the point of, like, the thing dividing these people is not some deep, like, religious ideology. It's, some, it's something else, right? And it's, I guess, about independence. Yeah, I think that's the, when the kid's like, oh, I'm, I, I can't remember which side I was supposed to choose. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if, if we're talking about, um, you know, different flavors of religion being the cause of, like, people's houses being burnt down and people being murdered, like... Whatever side, whatever side of the road you guys have been walking on is the 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 the, the wrong side canonically. Pretty sure Jesus did not want that. Pretty um, sure. Although he did know. wake he a also, bunch of people Jesus, in a, in a and then he he did said he he came not to the unify but to the divide with the sword families. So like there's if you, yeah. you want to find if you want to find fire breathing Jesus stuff in the Bible you can probably if you look real hard. You can probably find it uh, tripping over all the kindness and mildness and mercy along the way. But mm-hmm. uh, but that's yeah, the thing. It's, like, it's, it's about tribalism, right? It's about people dividing themselves over lines that don't actually exist that are just right. Artificial. Yeah. It's like if it's so important to choose one path of the other one's hell, what's not? Why is the child so it's so hard for him to tell the difference? Why is there a right. five minute conversation about how you can tell a Catholic from a Protestant? Like, mm-hmm. you know. It's again, we're not talking atheist versus believer mm-hmm. or even, you know, Taoist versus Catholic. We're talking Catholic versus Protestant. Yeah. You know, the two uh, two religions that used to be the same religion. One Catholic nailed a whole bunch of shit to some other Catholic's door and it was on like Donkey Kong. And <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's wild in America since we just have so many skills like it's like we we've taken a product. Sure. There's like we've put that thing through the Christianity prism and split it in every flavor of the rainbow. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to dance or drink. We got your Southern Baptist. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> kind of do whatever it, it's. Yeah. Like the idea that, you know, a neighborhood would be divided over two religions seems, seems hard to believe in this country, but uh, divided over. Yeah. Racial lines and other things easy to believe. I mean, hell, it's our lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, there's also this one other thing I thought was interesting is there's this Turkish delight scene mm-hmm. where it's, it's a, one of those uh, moments of synchronicity that I just uh, wrote or uh, read an article because in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, one of the children betrays his other brothers and sisters for the taste of this Turkish delight. Uh, and it's described as this, like the most delish, delicious candy you can ever possibly think of. It's just like it's just a perfect food. And like many people who are C.S. Lewis fans have the inevitable experience of trying Turkish delight. Oh, no. And like what in the British fucking candy is this? It's just <laughs> gross. It's like this gelatinous green, strong tasting lick, like extreme licorice, but also with weird spot and is rolled in powdered sh- sugar. But it's not even that sweet. Um, like uh, hmm. Peter, what an asshole that you betrayed your whole family for a couple of these cubes. Uh, I thought it was funny. I wondered if Kenneth Branagh was was thinking about that when he wrote this scene, where it's like this guy stole Turkish delight, and this 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 girl's like, "Why did you? 
Turkish, I hate Turkish Delight. I hate Turkish Delight too. Why did you steal it? It was the only thing I had to, I panicked. It was the first thing I saw. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that there, if you watch them, I, I felt like there was something in parallel to what the kids were doing, forming little or street gang and ripping mm-hmm. things off and looting. Like there was some, I didn't get it. Like I thought I was just like, maybe this is coming of age Goonie shit. But I wonder if there is something to, you know, because the other thing is like about yeah. the they made the point about the Protestant tough that was going and recruiting everybody into his gang. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the pa who is a real legend uh, and doesn't give any fucks like tell, says this guy. He's like, you're no Protestant. You were always what was he said? Like, you're like, uh, you're always a gangster. Yeah, you were always a gangster. You're just looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the interesting paradoxes in life is the like the thoughtful, careful um, people of quiet resolve are always the ones most shy to like get out there and, and mix it up. Right. And the people who are like kind of reactionary dumb fucks are the ones that are like violence. Hell yes. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, that's like, that's a, a commentary. In the movie seems to be making that I agree with, but I don't know what to do with it because I don't yeah, think the answer is more violent reactionary people out in the streets. It's just, she was right. Try to make less of them, please. Yeah, the the the, the like teenage girl is an interest. I forget her name, uh, but the one that is eventually sucks Buddy into yeah into this whole thing. Uh, she's uh-huh. an interesting case because I feel like she has the potential. She, she she's like right on the cusp, right? She's at the crossroads, um, even more Moira. than Buddy is. Moira, right. Moira. Yes, uh, she is. She could go down the good path or she could go down the bad path. And I feel like with the trouble starting up, she has been kind of pushed down the bad path. You know, mm. she's when she's having Buddy help her steal candy from this, the candy store. She is kind, kind of, I think, emulating what she sees the older people doing um, and thinking, OK, well, this is a time where. I I'm going to copy what I'm seeing and I'm going to get involved in this. Not necessarily because she believes in any of the causes. She doesn't, right? She's just kind of along because she sees it as an opportunity to get something or to, to get a thrill, maybe um, kind of all of the above to, to get washing powder or Turkish delights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually she, you can see that she kind of gets caught up into the bigger thing here and ends up mm-hmm. just straight up looting and, and rioting with the rest of these people. Um, and I feel like that's the story they're telling is like when things around you are happening like this, it's very easy to get caught up in them, whether you intend to or not and, and just get on the wrong side of good there. Yeah, it's not even she's going down a bad path as she's going down this path of kind of like nihilism or nothing matters. Whereas in contrast to Billy or Buddy, Buddy. who hasn't given up and he's still trying to excel at school, maybe, you know, uh-huh. um, and he's still trying, you know, he's got some dreams and stuff. And his dad has got to, like she you get the idea that like, I don't know, maybe her dad died um, like that. that there's there's a I, I got mm. the idea that there's a reason she's kind of like no consequences. Who gives a fuck like checked out? Uh-huh. Um, and those are the kids that are kind of like really, you know, at risk. And you think about, oh yeah, you know, this is thing is going to like generate orphans. It's going to imprison people. It's going to kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have more and more of these children who, uh, 
no longer believe in the system because their system is going to just unravel before their eyes. Sure. Oh, the one truly hilarious thing to me in this movie uh, was when early on in the movie where there's a television program, like an interview program with the prime minister, who I guess at the time is Harold Wilson. Um, and they're talking to him about these troubles starting up and they're like, oh, do you do you think you'll use the absolute authority of the, the state to put an end to this these troubles or whatever and i just laughed out loud how how idiotic do you have to be to make it to to think that you can use your supposed absolute authority to make people stop hating each other Mm -hmm. are you fucking kidding me if that worked we would have solved all of this shit a long time ago yeah uh does impose a curfew on that like after eight o'clock you're no longer allowed to hate (laughs) your neighbor are you kidding me yeah most asinine thing i've ever heard Yep, but uh, and of course, yeah, we we know how that goes down over the next thirty years. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's a good, it's a great movie. It had a great movie about me thinking about you know modern life versus you know life in Northern Ireland in the late sixties and how things are different and how things are the same. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought it was genuinely affecting and and uh, like this is. It, 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 in addition to all of the period piece of it and the Ireland, Northern Ireland aspects of it, it's also just a really effective coming of age film um, with some just pretty yeah. shockingly good child performances. And again, mm-hmm. the, it, it, uh, I think a great solid performance by a guy who starred in some of the worst shit I've ever seen. It's incredible. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's, he's right besides J- Dame Judy Dinge in his film. It's crazy. Okay, that'll do for Belfast this week. Next week, we'll be back to talk about uh, a Wes Anderson film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Looking forward to talking about that. Always like a good Wes Anderson film. If you'd like to help us pick the prestige movies we cover, it's one of the top tier benefits of being a club member. You can go to sport.baldmove.com to find out how you can join the club to get access to ad-free feeds as well as exclusive premium bonus content as well as helping us shape the future of Bald Move by helping us pick out uh, which movie you're going to be covering next. Check that out at support.baldmove.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you for another prestigious television show or movie real soon. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.